You're listening to LeBeau's Lessons, a leadership podcast for new and aspiring leaders. LeBeau's Lessons is a virtual platform which seeks to provide leadership training and education for new and aspiring leaders. We do this by providing a consistent, free leadership podcast, weekly mentoring meetings with our staff, and online courses. Every Tuesday, we meet at 12 noon CST to promote self-awareness by providing stories and leadership coaching on this show to raise the emotional intelligence of our listeners. You can support us by following, liking, subscribing, and sharing. And now, on to the show. guys can hear us loud and clear. Welcome to LeBeau's Lessons and we are about to begin an awesome show, a very, very powerful show on goal setting. Now I've talked about goal setting a lot in the past and uh, today the difference is I'm going to arm you with some systems, right? So whenever you're working on your goals, you are, you know, you're, you're giving advice here and there, but Do you have any systems? Some people need systems. They need a format. Today, I'm going to give you a couple of formats specifically to attack the main issues that are causing you problems with your productivity and your focus. Now, to give you a little bit of background for those of you who don't know me, I'm a public speaker, I'm a business owner, but Once upon a time, I used to be a clinical hypnotherapist and I used to help people overcome drug abuse and addiction, trauma, PTSD, uh, general anxiety, all of these different things. And I would help them to reframe old memories and also to form new habits subliminally, subconsciously, so that they can do them and going with their brain, their normal brain function rather than trying to only use free will or or their their um their will or desire right because a lot of times we run into roadblocks we're going to talk about that today today i have my daughter here i'm a therese uh let me see can i turn this camera around i'll just i'll just do this Mm -hmm. so yeah today i have my daughter with me she's 16 years old but she, even though she's a teenager, she has a lot of, you know, wisdom and insight to share. Mm-hmm. Today is going to be our first day of our Boss Babes, <laughs> Boss Babes podcast. So, okay, so the name of the show is LeBeau's Lessons, but on our Boss Babe days, it's going to be about specifically talking about things that hinder women in their ability to handle things, right? Mm-hmm in their boss arena and and in their lifestyles as a mom or as a married woman or, 
you know, just as a female trying to navigate success, right? So today we're going to be talking about that. So the official title of today is, and I love engagement, <laughs> the official title of today is Nine Lessons on How to Stay Motivated and Seven Ways to Completely Divorce Yourself from Distractions. So I'm putting in two and one because I feel like you can't really you know, accomplish the first part if you don't have the second part. So nine lessons, okay, on how to stay motivated and seven ways to completely divorce yourself from distractions. Now, many of us are going over whether or not we'll even have a resolutions list. We're looking at our vision boards and our goal setting boards and we're thinking, uh, you know, should I even try again? Yes. Yes, the answer is always yes. Every year, yes. Every month, yes. Continue to work on your goals. Today, I'm giving you nine lessons from a clinical standpoint, understanding your mindset and how to work with it on how to stay motivated. People always want to know, how do you stay motivated? That's one of the questions I always get. How do you stay motivated? I'm giving you my secrets today and also how to divorce yourself from distraction. There are things that are going on in your life and in your mind that are preventing you. They're distractions. I know how to block those distractions. I'm going to teach you those today. So hang on and uh, get your pen and paper ready and definitely send questions. We're going to be taking questions and uh, answering them along the way. So, without further ado, today's show we're gonna focus on people who struggle to meet their goals. For whatever reason you struggle to meet your goals, you're the type of person who you're saying this to yourself or other people are saying that to you. You're just making excuses. Just do it. It's not that hard. You're just lazy. You're a procrastinator. Do you have that type of self-talk? Fatal Pros said, here for this. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I really want to hear from you, Fatal Pros, because, you know, I like you and I like the content that you put out. Now, I really want to hear your insight and feedback on this. We're talking about how to stay motivated and how to divorce yourself from distractions. Why? Because earlier this year, like a few weeks ago, I did a big teaching on your purpose and how to, you know, uh, pursue your purpose, how to discover and pursue your purpose. And then I thought, you know what? People are going to struggle with this. Let's give them some tools and systems on how to deal with it. Right. OK, so if in your mind you're saying to yourself, Oh, you're just making excuses. Just do it. It's not that hard. You're lazy and you're beating yourself up. I'm about to open this cage and let you free. Okay. You're going to get free from all of that judgment, self-judgment and the judgment of others. Now, the two things that every goal needs is clarity and a timeline. It doesn't matter if you have ADHD, autism, or any type of neurodivergence. The, the two things you need most of all are clarity, meaning being very specific, and then a timeline. You need a deadline. Why? Because it creates a sense of urgency. A sense of urgency forces you 
to break through your struggles, right? This is how we always rise to the occasion, regardless of the you know disadvantages we have. Everybody has a different brain. Everybody learns different. Everybody experiences things different. But there's something about deadlines that make us all rise to the occasion, right? Thank you, Fukmihu. I appreciate that. So clarity in a timeline. First of all, that's the one thing you have to understand. And then understand why do we need goals? Okay, if you've been going this whole year without making any goals for yourself, I'm about to explain to you why we even need goals in the first place. Number one, focus. Goals keep us focused. Everybody gets off track. The key is learning how to get back on track. The second thing is it keeps us persistent. Without a goal, we aren't persistent. I know I'm not, right? You have to have a goal to keep going at it. And then the third thing is it keeps you motivated. If you don't have a goal, you're not motivated. If you say, oh, I have not I have this and this together on my life, but this part is the part that's undone. I guarantee you that's the part with no goal. Where is the goal? Okay. And then the fourth thing is it makes us rise to a challenge. That means growth. If you're missing growth, if you feel like you're living in a perpetual present, right? It doesn't seem like anything is, is moving, like you're busy, 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 but where are you even going? Did, are you even in a different place than where you were last year? If you feel like nothing is really changing, then you need to stay right here and invest a few moments in your 2022. Get out your pen because I'm about to go really fast. I'm not about wasting time, okay? I have my daughter with me for some of y'all that are joining. She's a TikToker. She's the one that came up with that TikTok. Uh, what is the whitest? What is it? What did you um, say? I asked, uh, what is the whitest of white song that gets you turned up? Yeah, <laughs> and then it went viral. viral, right? Okay, well, that's her. All right. So let's jump into it. Let's talk about the expectation theory. Let's talk about your expectation. First of all, get your expectations correct, right? These are the three questions that will direct the effort, how much effort you're going to put forth, okay? Three questions that impact your effort. Number one, can you see a direct relationship between your effort and your goal? Where's the relationship? You will not be motivated if you don't understand how your effort will get you from A to B. If you cannot get to A to B in your mind, you cannot get to A and B in your life, right? Okay, the second thing that impacts your effort is, can you see your goal rewarding you? Do you see the goal rewarding you? If you don't see a relationship between your effort or your goal and your reward, you'll be unmotivated. So if you're looking at, let's, let's talk about one of the things most people have in mind, weight loss. Let's use that as an example. If you don't see or you don't know how working out five days a week for an hour and a half for four months is going to lower your body fat percentage and give you the reward you want. If you don't see the how, you'll be demotivated. You have to see a clear and transparent path from your effort to your goal. 
So if you say, oh, someday I want to have this. I want to own a house someday. I want to have this car someday. I want to have this business someday. But there's no relationship between your effort and the goal. You'll be demotivated. This is why every week you'll want to quit and give up because you don't see the relationship. The third thing, the third question you have to ask yourself that impacts your effort towards your goal is, is your reward truly desirable? Which means that I know that your family and your friends and your spouse and your girlfriend and your boyfriend and society is telling you, you need to have A, B, and C to be successful. But is this something you need for yourself to feel successful in life? Do you need this? Will it give what it's supposed to give, like they say on this app? Does it give what it's supposed to give? Because if it does not give, then you will be unmotivated. You'll get there, and like many, many, many people do, they'll get to that point, and then they'll say, oh, I worked so hard to get here. Now I have the position, and it's not giving what it's supposed to give. And you just spent a lot of effort and time, which I think is the worst thing to do, to spend so much effort and time into the wrong area, to give so much money and focus into the area that doesn't even give what it's supposed to gain, okay? And so is the reward desirable? Now, let's say, for instance, I have a staff. I have a staff, okay? I have a, a marketing agency. I have a staff. Now, let's just imagine that I made everybody's reward the same. Some people will be motivated by that reward and some people won't. I'll say, if, if, if you do this, you'll get a $300 bonus. That might motivate some people and some people it will not motivate. Some people will look at the goal and say, that's demotivating, I don't feel like I can do that. They're unmotivated. The reward is what they want, but they're unmotivated by the gravity of the goal is too big. You have to make the goal congruent to the person. You have to make the reward congruent to the person. It's kind of like punishing everybody for one person's mistake. It's also kind of like giving everybody the same reward regardless of who puts in the most effort. What's motivating to one is not personally motivating to someone else. So if you're like a lot of people who come from, they're foreigners that come to America, they came here to become lawyers and doctors for who? Their parents. Not because that's what they wanted. So they feel unmotivated. It's not something that's personally rewarding to them. Your goal has to be personally rewarding to you. It has to make sense for you. If it doesn't, you'll be unmotivated. Correct that. Correct your goal. If your goal doesn't motivate you, it's not the right goal. Or it's not the right season. Okay? Now, let's get into it. Nine lessons for staying motivated. And stay to the end because I'm going to talk about seven ways to completely divorce yourself from distraction. Number one of the nine lessons for staying motivated is the behavior we choose is designed from to maximize pleasure and minimize pain the behavior we choose meaning the lifestyle we choose 
you might say to yourself, oh, well, I'm, I'm just living in this situation because I have no choice. The choices we make are based on our perceived pleasure and our perceived pain, right? Some people view exercise as more painful than living with obesity. So for that instance, that means that they will choose the other path instead of working out because it's too painful mentally, not physically, mentally, mentally. The mental battle is what we don't want. You understand? The mental battle is what we're really going through. We are designed, this is what therapy is based on. All therapy is based on this fact. We are designed to pursue pleasure and minimize pain. You wanna motivate something, someone? Give them a reward. Put a reward in front of them. You wanna motivate someone? Give them the threat of loss. Tell them they're gonna lose something very important to them. That will motivate them. It is the way the whole universe and the whole world is run. We are not exempt. So the behavior we choose in life is based on that. If your goal is not motivating, if you even have a goal, if there's something undone in your life, understand that the reason why you're not pursuing that with your fullest, with your full capability is because the reward is not that great to you and the punishment is not that severe. Everybody get that? Do you have something to say on that? I'm talking to my daughter. Um, uh, not on that. I mean, I was getting ideas from like the other things you were saying before. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that um, I had noticed that you were talking about before is like um, how to help you like really get to your goals is having like urgency. How did you say it? Mm -hmm. um, a sense of urgency. A sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, with the way that I was able to um, graduate high school early was giving myself a sense of urgency because like I was telling you before, um, I wanted to be able to say that I like, graduated early as a, uh, as a, a younger um, black and also neurodivergent girl. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be able to, like, you know, tell that to people, maybe inspire people. Mm -hmm. um, and so just having that sense of urgency really got me through school, being able to um, to do finish it early. Mm -hmm. So you graduated a year early because you wanted that testimony. Mm -hmm. You wanted the testimony of being able to say that you graduated early despite all of your obstacles. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was very rewarding to you. Yeah. Okay. Number two, your goals must be tailored to you and not someone else. Or you will struggle with motivation. You cannot have the same goal as your neighbor. You cannot have the same goal as your siblings. You cannot have the same goal as your spouse or your coworker. There's something that's personal to you. In our 20s, we spend a lot of years pursuing somebody else's version of success, somebody else's version of what we're supposed to be, right? I know that I spent my 20s thinking that way, okay? Many of us have. What is your version of success? What is important to you? 
To me, my version of success means a person that is at peace. It doesn't matter how much you have if you're not at peace. Do you get what I mean? Because there's many people who have a lot or they seem successful, they have no peace. That's not success. What is your, define your version of success and make sure that your goals are tailored and there's a direct relationship to your version or else that's the reason why you're struggling It's because you don't really see that as success is you're just doing what society or what people have pressed upon you that you must do. The third thing, you must believe you will hit your target. You have to believe it. Your vision boards, your dream boards, and none of those things will work. Not even your prayers will work if you don't believe it. Okay? Everybody knows that, right? You have to have faith. It doesn't matter what religion you are, what background you come from, whatever you subscribe to. Belief in the possibility is on everybody's secret to success. Everybody. Everybody. It does not matter. Everybody says the same thing because it's a universal truth that you have to believe that you will hit the target. If you can see it, you can do it. You can only do what you see, what you see others do or what you see in your mind's eye. You have to see yourself doing it first. Then you can do it. Fourth thing, your goal has to be specific or you won't be productive. It has to be clear. You can't have, you, you gotta get rid of these some days, one days. Get those out of your vocabulary. Put numbers and dates on your goal. Numbers and dates. I'm telling you what I know is true, okay? You have to say, I don't, I don't just want, I wanna lose some weight. I want to lose some weight by summertime. You'll never hit it, okay? You will never hit it. I can give you a prophetic word. You won't lose the weight. You may gain some weight, okay? You have to say, I want to lose or I want to get to 14% body fat in one year with five days of exercise, an hour and a half of each time on a 18 to 22 calorie, 2200 calorie diet every day. That's how I'm going to get to 14%. Doing strength training and cardio. That's how you get specific. And when you, by the way, if you look at bodybuilders, that's science. That's no accident. There's no way you can look like that on accident. Okay. That is science. That's precision. That is manifested visual precision that you're looking at. Okay. When you look at companies, and, and this is what I'm about to give you. Today, I'm going to give you some corporate strategic things that you can apply to your life. The same strategies I use to achieve goals, I'm giving you to achieve goals in life. For my company, that you're going to use the same way. You have to be clear. The fifth thing is your goal must be challenging, but not too challenging. Because you'll be demotivated. If you say, oh, well, I want to own a house in one year. Okay, a year seems like a lot of time, but if your credit score is at, is at five, uh, 500, okay, and if you're working a minimum wage job, then 
you'll be demotivated by that goal because you see that you have to raise to a certain level and it may be too hard for you to raise to within that limited amount of time. Look at the reality of your goal, okay? Because if you have in your mind that you're gonna achieve a goal like, oh, I wanna lose 20 pounds in one month, but you don't even have a clue, you don't know how you're gonna make the time, and you don't have the resources or the knowledge, then you're being unrealistic. Well, I saw it on Biggest Loser. Well, that's Biggest Loser where they had trainers. They were doing harmful things to their body. They were on deadlines. They couldn't sleep. They couldn't control what they ate. They had to do things at a certain time. They were under contracts or else. That's not your reality. You don't have somebody dictating what you can eat and not eat every day of the week. That's all on you. That's why you're struggling with your goal. Okay? Number six, you need feedback along the way. A lot of you are struggling simply because you won't let anybody else help you. You're keeping it all in your head. Well, somebody told me to move in silence. Move in silence if you want to with your peers. Where are your mentors? Where's the person that you're going to that has done the thing that you want to do? Are you talking to somebody? Are you saying, hey, this, this is what I've been doing um, and this is where I am. What do you think? Do you, what should I change? That's what you should be doing. You need to be speaking to somebody, checking in, accountability, okay? If you are in the corporate world, for those of you who aren't in the corporate world, those who know, who've been there before, you have to check in with people on your projects. That's called being productive and efficient. Where's that accountability in your life? If it's not there, you have to give it to yourself. Okay? Number six. Number, is it seven? No, number six. If you have an overwhelming goal, it will be needing to be broken down. Because if you have an overwhelming goal, you're going to be demotivated. You're not going to see how, where's the relationship? You don't see the relationship. So you're going to get demotivated. You're going to say, what am I doing this for? Why? I can't even make it. I can't do this. Right? So all that means is anytime you're overwhelmed with the goal, all that means is simply that you need to break your goal down. That's it. You're trying to reach way up here when you need to just go step by step, step by step. Now, me, myself, I use demotivating goals to challenge my faith. That's my faith exercise on how much I can believe God for. But best believe I'm actually doing things to facilitate those things that I want, okay? Number seven. Think through challenging scenarios that can impact your goal. What are the things that stopped you in the past? What are the things that stopped you in the past? Those are the same things that will interrupt your process again. How did you handle it before? How will you handle it now? You have to learn from your mistakes. Okay, control the controllables. Control what you can control, but you have to also plan for your problems. If you want to go back to school, that's fine. 
Do you have transportation consistent? Is your job going to understand? Are your kids going to understand? Your spouse, where's the budget? Where's the time in your day? What are you going to give up? See, every time you say yes to something, you have to say no to something else. What are you willing to say no to in order to go back to school? Okay? So you have to think through. I call it red teaming it. Red teaming is a term we use in a business and investment world. It means that you stand in front of people who are as smart or smarter than you and they attack your idea. If you watched uh if you've watched Shark Tank before, you watch that show, a business owner sits in front of these, you know, the sharks and they put their idea out there and then the sharks they start red teaming it. They attack it like sharks. They make you bleed. They prick your idea. Well, what about this? What about that? Did you think about this? What about that? And they try to break you. But if you are left standing and you have an answer for everything, then they got something. They know they have something. You have something. You have to have somebody red team you. Go to somebody that's unbiased, that's, gonna, that's, somebody that's smart and a critical thinker. Okay, that's going to say, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Well, what's going to happen when you do this? And what's going to happen? See, a lot of these people are seen as naysayers and haters. Go to the naysayer. Go to the naysayer. Go to the naysayer. And say, this is my idea. What do you think? They're going to say, well, what about this? What about that? Have you thought about this? How are you going to do this? That's the greatest thing because they're going to sharpen you. They're going to make sure that you have dotted all your I's, crossed all your T's. Somebody said, no, it's like standing there letting kindergartners disrespect you for speaking your view. I just speak my mind. Well, sometimes because we're imperfect people, I don't know about you, but I'm imperfect. Imperfect people sometimes don't think of everything. You need somebody that's going to make you think critically about your goal, okay, to make sure that it's worth it. You know what I wanted to go to school for? Whenever I started college, the first thing I wanted to go to school for was sign language interpretation. I literally was going to be a sign language interpreter because I had been doing sign language since I was eight years old, and I loved it. I love languages. I love languages and I love sign language. And I was good at it. It's something that is a raw talent of mine. When I found, when I shadowed a sign language interpreter, I looked at what their daily life was like. And I said to myself, this is not what I wanna do. She read team my idea. Well, this is what I have to deal with on a daily basis. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Do you want to do that? No, ma'am. Because the reward wasn't that desirable for me. That demotivated me. It made me realize that my goal was just a silly hobby. As noble as it was, it was just a hobby. It was something I like to have fun with. If you were going to turn that into something else, then I didn't want it. It wasn't that important. You need somebody to do that.
Because not everything that you think is a good idea to pursue now. Just because you're sincere, something that you like or something that you're good at, it doesn't mean that's something you need to focus your life on. You need somebody that's going to challenge you, that's going to say, is this really what you want to do? Are you prepared for the sacrifice? Are you prepared to sacrifice this and to let everything go to do this thing? And when somebody really presses you about it, and you still stand there and say, this is what I want to do, then you know you have something. Right? Mm -hmm. Number eight. Maximize how your life will be different. Maximize how your life will be different. Many of us have forgotten the reason why we're even pursuing the goal. What will change? What will change? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten why you want to go back to school? Have you forgotten why you want to lose the weight? Have you forgotten why you want to do the thing that you're doing? Because if you've forgotten, you need to remind yourself. You need to paint a picture of how your life will be once you get where you're going. That's something that you need to put before yourself over and over again. I use a vision board. I put a vision board and I put pictures up of what how my life will be different once I hit my goal. And seeing that pushes me on the days that I feel tired, demotivated, sad, uh, insecure, and all of those different things. Right? Mm -hmm. My daughter had a goal of finishing high school earlier. And before I go to the next part, what are some goals that you did not achieve that you felt like you wanted to achieve? Um, well, I wanted to take the ACT test this year. I wanted to be able to study for that and get that done. I wasn't able to do that. Um, I'm going to have to do that next year. Um, I wanted to be able to do more like interviews and stuff online, but I wasn't really able to do that mm -hmm. um just certain things like and then a few weeks ago i wanted to be able to um you know start the makeup thing i mean i i didn't really talk about it much before but um i wanted to start that soon but we didn't really get to do that the makeup line mm -hmm. um and just you know stuff for my uh to like make content and stuff, I haven't been able to do that mm -hmm. lately because I've like just been down. So I've been like posting and like you know building up my following even more, mm -hmm. up my views even more because I haven't really been doing that much, mm -hmm. and sometimes just a lack of motivation as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then <clears throat> not like having, like, not setting really goals for myself too much do you feel like that's the missing element do you feel like is that the reason why you've been feeling unmotivated well sort of it's also a thing with like organization not being able to like get to doing things mm -hmm. and then things just feeling just like too overwhelming to do like a lot in a day so i just haven't really been doing that much mm -hmm. So needing your goals to be broken down then, because you said the word overwhelming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
So now I'm about to give you guys some systems because I talked about how I'm going to show you systems or format for those of you who are technical thinking like I am. I work best when I have a process, okay? I'm about to give you a process. Now, in the tech world, this is the software development life cycle. A life cycle in business terms is basically the process of each project, right? We have a customer life cycle, customer value life cycle, customer journey life cycle, but I'm going to talk to you about how you can have a goal life cycle, okay? This is the same exact, exact, thank you, Jay Zonas. Uh, this is the same exact process I go through whenever I have a project on my table, no matter how big, it's the same process. This is how I want you to apply it to your life. This is what you put your goal through, okay? You have your idea, okay? That's fine, you have your goal. Let's create a goal or let's just write something on the paper what we want to do. Okay, and let's say we want to lose 20 pounds by December. Okay, that's fine. The first part of your life cycle, the goal life cycle is what's the requirement? What's needed? Okay, you want to lose 20 pounds by December. Now, what do you need? You need what? Access to training access to nutrition. You need training and, and nutrition education. You may need a training and, and nutrition professional to help you. What are your requirements? No matter what your goal is, there's a requirement. The second thing, analysis. Looking over everything that you have at your disposal, what can you use? What will you do with it? Okay, a lot of people have access to many things that they don't utilize. They have many principles that they don't even put into practice. It's not about having knowledge, it's about living intelligently. Just because you have the brains or knowledge on how to do something, it doesn't mean that you live intelligently. Analyze it. The next thing is design. Design how you're going to work out. What are you gonna do? What's the high level overview? What are the things that you're gonna do as an overview, okay? to make this happen. Okay, well, I'm gonna go to the gym five days a week or three days a week, three to five days a week, okay? And I'm going to lower my calorie intake. All right, let's say that's your high level design. Development is the next stage, development, okay? Now you have to develop a nutrition plan. Now you have to develop a training plan. Maybe a professional is helping you with that. Now you have the, you're in the development stage. Whatever your goal is, you have to think it through. This is how we create systems, software, and processes for any company, any, any type of technology. The next phase is testing it. Because guess what? Every person is different. What works for one person may not work that well for you. Maybe you, try, you said, I'm going to try um, Zumba. Let's say I'm going to try Zumba for five days a week. Let's see how that works for me. Well, maybe Zumba works with uh, lowering, uh, basically helping you to drop a few pounds, but you still look the same. You just look smaller. You want to have a different shape. Zumba is not the answer for that. So my point is you have to test your theory, 
run it through a test, see how well it works. See, a lot of problems start when people run through the first testing phase and then they give up now. Oh, this doesn't work. That doesn't work. Because they're not willing to adjust. They just stop. Okay, that's not the way that you pursue your goals. You test to learn what works, what doesn't, what needs to be adjusted. You replace it with something else. The next part is after testing is deployment. Now, go full force. You tested your idea. You found out what does, doesn't work. Now you have something that seems to work. Let's go for it. Boom. We're in the gym five days a week. We're working out 20 minutes to an hour or 45 minutes. Okay. We're getting the cardio in. We're doing this. We're doing that. And we are going at it. You have your nutrition plan and everything's going fine. Now, here's the next phase, maintenance. Something goes wrong, a problem. Oh, I hit a plateau. I can't lose any weight. What's happening? What's wrong with me? Why is my body acting this way, right? Oh, I don't have any energy. Why am I tired all of a sudden? Maintenance. Anytime we create any software, any campaign, we have to deploy and then handle case by case what's going wrong. Oh, I'm getting the feedback that this is a problem. Fix it. Fix it here, fix it there, wherever it needs to be fixed. This is your process. Requirement, analysis, design, development, testing, deployment, now maintenance. I'm in the maintenance phase. I used to be overweight, then I lost a ton of weight, and now I'm in the maintenance phase. Where are you? Where are you in your goal? In your relationship goal? Your financial goal? Spiritual goal? Your education goal? Where are you? Are you still in the development stage? Are you in the deployment phase? Where are you? Now, when it comes to motivation, there's a lot of things that demotivate us. There's a lot of goals that actually aren't structured correctly for us to want to pursue them long-term. So now I want to talk to you about how you can see if the goal is something you really want to pursue. Are you ready? Are you ready? Can you give me a fake goal? Can you give me something that, something that you're wondering should you do? Something in your mind that you're saying, should I do this? Should I do that? Well, maybe the makeup line. All right, the makeup line. She's been talking about starting a makeup line, and let's see if that is something that she should do. You ready? Okay. Is it challenging? Yes. Your goal must be challenging. It must be something that challenges you mentally. We need that to feel motivated. Mm -hmm. The second thing, will you get recognition? People need recognition. I don't recommend this because what I'm into is getting the work done. Getting the work done. Whether anybody recognizes, applauds, I don't need your applause. I have my own applause. I know how to celebrate myself. I'm not worried about that because I'm focused on the work. But most people need to be recognized for what they do. Do you feel like the world will clap for you when you get there. Yeah. Okay, recognition. The third thing, meaningful. Is what you're trying to do meaningful? Because despite what many of you think, 
money is not enough. You can make a lot of money if you feel like your job is purposeless, eventually it will not be enough for you. You will eventually would rather take a lower paying job or a lower paying option if you feel like your difference is required. Do you feel like this is going to give you meaning in your life or can you make it meaningful? I think I can make it meaningful. I feel like right now it's not, I never really like planned it out like mm -hmm. right, like how it can like really help me too much or help others mm -hmm. or give me like meaning. So that's something to think about. Right. You have to make sure you have meaning mm -hmm. because after a while, the money will not be enough. That's why I wanted to get to that third. Fourth is, is it important? Is it important? Now, after you realize that the, that the goal is challenging, you will get recognition. It does feel meaningful. But is it really important work? Is it really something that is needed? Does it feel like you need to do this either for your family, for your legacy, for the world, to help people? Is it important? Because whatever you don't feel is really important, you will give up on. If you don't think anything, if you don't think education is important, you will not finish school. If you don't feel like your marriage is important, you will not be successful at that. Whatever you don't feel is an, is an importance in life, once you hit the hard concrete, when you hit the obstacles, you will not follow through. You will drop the ball. Is it important? Maybe not. I feel like it's just something that I really want to do, but not really important. Okay. So that'll be a zero. Mm -hmm. See, you need to score your goal on the motivating element. Some things will be a five. Some will be a 10. Some will be a seven. Some will be a four. That one is a zero. I don't really feel it's important. But see, just because it's not important right like important to the world it doesn't mean that you won't be motivated but this is how you keep in mind how motivating it is mm -hmm. why do you need to know that because just setting a goal isn't enough right. just setting a goal and saying i want to do this isn't enough look at how motivated you are are you really motivated to complete this goal mm -hmm. now here are some other factors that come into play romantic relationships friendships family dynamics resources, your knowledge ability, your mental health, your work life, your financial status. These are things that impact your performance. Meaning that if whatever goal you have, whether it's at work or whether it's spiritual, physical, these are the things that impact you. Am I right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that will get in your way. So these are the obstacle scenarios I'm talking about. Okay, you go down your checklist. Okay, now that I know what my goal is, if I break up with my boyfriend, how will this affect me? If my friend who says she's going to support me, me and her go our separate ways, how is this going to affect me? If my mom or my dad or somebody dies in the family, how is this going to affect me? Do I have enough resources?
Do I know enough to accomplish this goal? Mentally, am I ready to, to go after this? How is my work life? Does my work even give me the time to pursue this? And then financially, do I have enough money to pursue this? Mm -hmm. Now, I'll give a caveat here. Sometimes we think financially we can't handle something, but sometimes it's just a matter of us being creative. Like for me, people would be amazed at how little I had to start my business and what I've grown it to. That shows you the mental dexterity that I have that where everyone that I know has been able to get loans, grants, and all kinds of things to help them. I've had to depend on God in my mind alone to get me to where that I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, finally, if you're just joining us, we've been talking about nine lessons. I really gave you eight, I think. Nine lessons on how to stay motivated. And you can find this on Apple Podcasts later and many of our other podcasts later on in the day. Uh, you can check it out. Apple Podcasts, LeBeau's Lessons. That's where this is going. Hello. Um, do you have any questions or anything on your side? Anybody been asking anything? Mm, one person that asked what's this about is you just basically. Yeah, nine lessons on how to stay motivated. Now, I'm about to give you seven ways to completely divorce yourself from distractions. Now, Remember, I told you I, I used to be a therapist. I used to help people overcome drugs, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, etc. All right. Okay. Now I'm going to give you seven ways to divorce yourself from distractions. Now, many of us, I started off saying, if you're the type of person that's been saying to yourself, oh, you're just making excuses. Why am I? Why can't I just do it? Um, this isn't hard. Why am I so lazy? Or if somebody's been calling you a procrastinator, this is what you've been waiting for. Okay. Now, I understand that if you check off all the boxes and your goal is still left standing and you know for sure that you should be pursuing this goal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And even with all of the other life factors, you're like, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. Okay but you still have those nagging distractions in your life. Maybe it's something simple like, you know, you, you spend too much time on your phone or you spend too much time on your TV. You spend too much time talking to your friends. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's something that you are, you know, that, that you're struggling with spiritually and it's something that you can't seem to break away from. These seven things that I'm about to give to you are the things that have helped me time and time and time again. Don't think that I don't go through mental battles. I go through mental battles all the time, but I know how to work through them. That's the difference because of my background. Um, but before I start that, tell me what's a, and you two that are watching, Tell me something that is a mental battle for you, something that you're comfortable with sharing. But tell me what's a mental battle that you deal with that's um, like a distraction for, for you. Um, lack of, like, direction, really. Lack of direction. Um, or what's something that every time you try to 
to do something, this always gets in the way or you end up wasting your time or something that gets in the way. ADHD. ADHD, but yes. Yeah. in the way of everything. What's something very specific? I want you to name something very specific. Somebody said fears. Good. Fears. Imposter syndrome. Anxiety. Somebody said. I think sometimes it can be like anxiety of, again, um, burning myself out, not like with being too overwhelmed, like everything's just being like too overwhelmed. Much. Okay, yeah. being overwhelmed. Have just having things just a lot to mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about intrusive thoughts? Anybody deal with intrusive thoughts? Thoughts that just pop up in your mind and just like take over and be like, we chilling today. Okay, <laughs> we're going to be here for a little bit. We're hanging tight. And now those are true intrusive thoughts have stopped you from being productive. Somebody says self-doubt. Okay, now hold on to that. Now, here's what you do. This is seven things that you can do. Okay, you ready? Okay, number one, demonize it. Demonize it. What do I mean by demonize it? Anything that you demonize, you will be averse to and move away from. If there's a person that you've demonized in your mind, meaning that you've made them a bad person, you've put them in the bad person category in your brain, you stay away from them. You don't want to think about them. You, you, you try not to talk about them. They give you the ick, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, demonize it. The best way to overcome something is to make it bad in your mind. Something that you can't get rid of is something that you haven't made bad. You haven't made wrong. Make it wrong. Make it that you hate it. Make it that you hate it. Make it that you hate it. If it's a person, let's give me a caveat here. We're not talking about hating people. We're hating behavior. Okay? We're hating a thing, not a person. Make it so that that thing is bad to you. The second thing, see it as stupid. This is stupid. This is dumb. Like, why am I thinking about this? Why am I doing this? This is stupid. This is like beneath me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm better than that. Anything that you think is evil or dumb, you will stay away from. So what I'm talking about is reframing. It's something we talk about in therapy. Reframe. Changing. Choosing. Strategically choosing the way that you look at something for the purpose of it being completely remembered differently in your mind. Mm -hmm. See, the thing about your brain is that your brain doesn't store memory in one place, it stores memory in many places, okay? Mm -hmm. The great thing that I love about the brain is you can actually change a memory if you want to. Sometimes it takes a professional to guide you, but you can actually take power away from something that happened to you. So what I'm saying is to take the power away from the distraction, you have to demonize it and you have to see it as ridiculous, ridiculous. Somebody said, my sleep schedule is messed up. Tips on fixing it to optimize the rest of my life. Sleep schedule that comes with habit. So you just have to do it over and over again, changing your sleep habit. 
Okay, number three, see it as a waste of time. This is a waste of time. I'm wasting my time doing this or thinking about this. Anything you see as a waste of time, you'll naturally be averse to. The fourth thing, deny the importance that it has. Deny the importance that it has. This isn't important. Not only is this wrong, but it's stupid. It's a waste of my time and it's not even important. This is how you take the power away. See, because our brain will replay a lot of things. And the one thing our, lo our brain loves to replay is negativity. But if you take the power away from the memory, take the offense away from the memory or whatever it is, take the importance away. This isn't important. This is not as important as I think it is. Because guess what you can do? You can resize every experience in your mind. You can decide if it's this small or this big. If something is going on, I, I do it every day, all day. Something was bothering me earlier today. Mm -hmm. I told my, my daughter about it. Something was bothering me. And I just decided, well, can't do anything about what I can't control. Hasn't happened. Oh, well, refocus. Mm -hmm. I change my mind whenever something isn't serving me. What is that memory or that thought or that distraction doing for you? Is it really serving you? Or is it taking away from your life? Mm -hmm. Okay. Number five, replay how it has negatively impacted you in the past. This thing has done things to you. It's taken things from you. What has this thing robbed you of? You were supposed to do this on a deadline. Guess what? You didn't do it. And now you have an unhappy client. Mm -hmm. You've lost respect. What has it stolen from you? Magnify that. This thing stole this from me. Me being distracted by this thing, now it stole my time. It stole my opportunity. It stole this, it stole that. Magnify it. This is the same way you actually get over somebody too. If you wanna get over somebody, demonize them. Make thinking about them stupid and a waste of time. Take their importance away, take it away. You can take, you can uproot them from the front row, put them all the way in the back, in the back row of your mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you keep replaying what they did to you and how it hurt you, you will stop obsessing over them. The sixth thing, we got seven, we're almost done. Number six, magnify your superiority over it. I'm above this. This is like, so not me. This isn't me. I don't think like this. I don't obsess over things like, oh, like, this is not, you know, I'm like, no, I'm here. Why am I acting down here? Why am I thinking down here? Think about who you are. Remember who you are. You have authority over your thoughts. Your thoughts are like untrained children, like toddlers. They, they, it's like a whole bunch of toddlers just like, ah, me, 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 me. I want, I want, I want, I want. Me, 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 me. Trying to get your attention, trying to come to the front of the mind, always. You have to say, no, no. What do you want? 
who sent you take control over your thought life and finally this is before i go there well i'll go here resist number seven is resist the seven lessons on how to divorce yourself from distractions is resist famous quote don't know where it comes from but it's one thing that i i it helped me in the beginning you cannot stop a bird from flying over your head but you can stop it from making a nest in your hair Thoughts are going to come to your mind. Distractions are going to come into your life. But what you choose to do about it determines its impact and control over your life. Resist. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. Keep resisting. Nothing will die if you keep feeding it. Stop feeding the distraction. Every time it comes up, take a, be conscious. I mean, you're not going to stop it from coming to you, but you, you can minimize the attention it gets. And then the way that your brain works, it will literally cut off the pathway. It will stop sending electrical currents in that direction and say, this is an area we just don't go. We don't go there no more. That's what I love. I love the plasticity of the mind. You can undo bad patterns in your mind okay so if you've been listening today i've been talking about nine lessons on how to stay motivated and seven ways to completely divorce yourself from distractions and you can listen to this whole thing if you came in late you can listen to it on apple Podcasts later on today once i get it uploaded but there's plenty of other similar podcast episodes on apple Podcasts. you just have to look up labo's lessons mm -hmm. so with that said we're gonna go thank you guys for listening see you next time Bye.